Welcome, everybody, for this episode of In the Word with a Lutheran and a Wesleyan. I am Pastor Richard Blue of uh, the First Evangelical Lutheran Church of Gray Manor, a congregation of the North American Lutheran Church. And this is Pastor Corey of the Wesleyan, a Wesleyan pastor uh, of Midland. You, you tell us, you introduce yourself. <laughs> I got to introduce myself. Can you hear yeah, me now? That's right. Am I, am I there? Am I lost? You can, you can hear me. All right. Right. Yes, absolutely. Man, I tell you, I only say that because it feels like we're like, we're, we're, we're both in these, you know, polar vortex of coldness around us, you know, I mean, it's cold <laughs> here, it's cold you. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, uh, again, my name is uh, uh, Corey. Uh, I pastor uh, Midland Faith in Midland, Michigan, and uh, it's currently 15 degrees uh, is what it says. So it probably feels less than 15 degrees up here for us. Um, but again, uh, yeah, we're so, so glad you're, you are tuning in with us uh, again. Uh, Ricky and I, as I call him, like I say, we, we, uh, again, uh, want to get together on a weekly basis and we're, we're really sh shooting for Mondays, Mondays at three o'clock. We're still shooting for that. Now, you know, we talked about, uh, di different dates and different times and different, you know, um, you know, uh, hours, but we want to come to you around this time. We're, we're still thinking three o'clock's working, but again, it still could shift here and there depends on the day, the week, the time. Uh, the hour or if, uh, emergency happened, but we're here and we want to come to you. And before we get to the word, uh, it says Genesis nine, eight through 17. We're actually going to look at Genesis nine, one through 17. We, we've, uh, we've added a few uh, verses in there. So want you, if you're following along, just to let you know, and, and uh, the beauty of it is it'll be fixed here. It's fixed now. So uh, up there, Genesis nine, one through 17, we're going to go with, um, and this morning, I'm going to start us with prayer this morning, afternoon. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll go from there. But Lord, we just, we give you this time, Lord, as we commit to, to uh, doing the work you call us to do within our congregations here in Midland and there in Dundalk, uh, Maryland, Lord, we just pray your Holy Spirit guides our congregation. But most of all, right now, your Holy Spirit guides our conversation today, the conversation we have in you, the conversation towards glorifying your name. So Lord, right now, if there's somebody watching that has questions, again, we, we ask that they shoot them in the comments, Lord, and they can connect with us here or even connect with us, you know, later within an email concept. So Lord, we just ask you to just commit this time to you and this day to you. And Lord, again, we thank you for each and every one that is going to watch this now and later. And Lord, we hope and pray it helps them grow in their knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is. Lord, again, give us this time in your blessed name. Amen. Amen. We are really grateful and took some time about an hour before this gathering to just go through the word together. Um, and Pastor Corey and myself, we're going to be uh, preaching on the same text uh, at our churches. And so we're going to be challenging each other, growing in, with each other. Uh, and then here at uh, First Lutheran, uh, our children are all studying these texts uh, in their Sunday school. And so our hope here at our church is that uh, conversations around the dinner table will naturally begin to happen because we're studying the scripture together. Uh, so something I've been wanting to do since my days of a youth, being a youth pastor and family minister. So I'm glad that it's finally taking place uh, i don't think it was just you i think you know if we really be honest you and i've been talking i mean we've known each other for you know it seems like uh eternity but we've only known each other what 10 years 
you know, that's about it. 10, yeah. 10 years. We, we, you know, even back in the days when I was in Highland, Illinois, you, you were over there in Troy, we talked about wanting to do stuff like this and, and collaborate and, and connect. And, and we've, we've always thought, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, I think, um, I think what put us over the edge and, and I know you and I both in our perspective zones don't want to talk about it, but we're, I'm going to say it, the pandemic COVID-19, you know, yeah. you know, we, we've gotten online to the internet. We've done more zoom calls. We've done more conversations. And, and it, I think it got to the point where we're both like, Hey, you know what? It's time we get on and we, 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 we help each other sharpen our stores and in, in our faith. And, 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 and no matter again, me being Wesley and you being a Lutheran doesn't mean we can't come together and, and, teach each other, but also carry on that conversation that is, that is edifying, glorifying God. And so to me, that is where we're at today. Uh, in, in this morning, uh, in this afternoon, I keep saying morning, but you know, it feels like it's morning afternoon. We're going to take a look again at Genesis nine, one through 17. And, and I would, uh, if, if you have a Bible at home, I welcome you to get your Bible, uh, open up to Genesis chapter nine or if you have been listening to me and you have Logos Bible software, again, go to app.logos.com, log in with your Faith Life account. Um, you have access to all most of the same resources that I have access to, that Corey has access to. But, um, but that's just that's just your church. You know, my, my congregation or those that are watching asking, man, how do I get a part of that? Here's the thing. I do believe, and if I'm not trying to I might plug it wrong, but I think you still can go on to Logos. Anybody can download Yes. That log off software, but you're only getting a very minute uh, um, uh, library. Excuse me. You don't have a larger library as in if you had log off through your church members and or through faith life. But here, you know, you still can get, you know, this Bible on there and still get some some stuff. And it's, you know, again, it's it's just uh, well, Corey, I'm just trying to help you out. Maybe, you know, they get used to using it. Maybe they'll want to get it for their church, your church, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey. So, uh, yeah, we kind of, so our sermon title uh, is going to be a global guarantee um, this coming Sunday, and it's going to be a very exciting time. And uh, we're going to be talking really three points today for you. So um, I was a former school teacher as well. And so something that we had to do uh, before uh, we were inspected by the state is we had to have what we were going to be talking about in that classroom for the day. So these are your three points. Uh, that I want you to pay attention to as we dive through this scripture. We're going to try not to chase too many rabbit holes, but if you guys have been following along, you know that we do. Uh, but our first seven verses is that God blesses us. Then we're going to look at verses 18 through 13, and where God makes a covenant with us. And then lastly, verses 14 through 17, that God is trustworthy. Can I get an amen? God is trustworthy. Uh, and so if you don't get anything... Uh, out of this study, other than you need to trust the good Lord. Um, please have that. Take that away from us. Uh, so uh, let's dive in this together. Um, Corey, would you like to read the first seven verses or would you like me to? I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll read it right from your screen, man. You All right. Got it right on the screen there. Uh, it begins. It says, then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, all the fill the earth, all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea will look on 
you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. But you must never eat any meat that still has the life blood in it. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human's life, that person's life will also be taken by the human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. So I'd like to, let's point out a couple reasons why in our first point here that God blesses us. Man, there's my computer glitching out. All right. So um, God blesses us. And and the first point here uh, starts in the very first uh, verse. And then we can talk about it. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Um, And then he goes on to talk about how all of the animals, all the birds of the air, all the, the small animals that scurry along the ground, all the fish in the sea, will look upon you with fear and terror. Now, to me, that's where I want to focus on a little bit. Uh, I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you as food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. All right. Uh, in these verses, we see that God gives dominance of human beings over everything else in the earth. Right. He gives us power. It says he gives us that they will be in fear and terror. So when Pastor Corey here goes out to the woods with his gun and shoots a deer, uh, that is our God-given right. Now, I'm sorry if you're a vegan and you're tuning into this podcast. Uh, that's not the point today. The point here is what the scripture says. It's not about what we feel. So right, Corey right. has the right to go shoot Bambi if he wants to. No, uh, don't shoot Bambi. No. <laughs> but we we were given uh, authority and was put on the top of the food chain. That is the first blessing that I really see from this text today. You got go underlined there with fear with fear and terror, right? You got underlined there. Yep. You know, fear. Absolutely. Fear itself is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. That's the noun per- portion of it. But the verb side of it says be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful and, or threatening. So that's that's that it's fear, right? So so fear is is when we when you know them deer, like you're saying, when I'm hunting it, you know, and I'm sitting in a blind, they better be fear and terror because I'm about to take them out now. Um, but that's that's what fear is. But terror then, you know, terror is is the extreme fear. So like so like you're talking about fear, the terror is uh, to me is that step above it. Like while I'm fearing it, I'm like, oh, they're coming after me, but then I'm tearing, like I'm really fearing, I'm really fearing, like, you know, like you're saying, and then the the noun of it is like I said, stream, you know, people fled in terror, you know, fear, uh, informal side of it is a person, especially a child who causes trouble or annoyance is what they say too. I, to me, that one, you know, (laughs) I I want us to think about this. Uh, if you've ever combated a large animal out in the wild that, you know, could eat you alive, (laughs) I want you to think about this verse that in fact, an alligator, uh, a crocodile, a bear. A bear. A bear. Yeah. Um, we went to the science center in North Florida a lot when we lived in uh, Chiefland 
because it was free and they had these giant uh, mammoths and sloths, the giant sloth that was like 50 feet tall, but it wouldn't have harmed us because all it ate was vegetables. Um, <laughs> but the point here is that uh, to think that God put me in charge as a human being over these massive animals. And in fact, that I have the right to eat them if I want to. Um, that is a blessing that God gives us. I mean, who doesn't love going to Texas Roadhouse? I do. I go there for the rolls, number one. But number two, I go to get a nice, juicy steak. Um, so enough about steaks. I think we should go on to the next verses, unless you got some closing thoughts on, on these first couple of verses, Corey. I just, again, again, you know, there, there's a lot jam-packed within that. And, and, and even, even you know, you talk about the food, you know, but right there, you got it in the green fruit, be fruitful and multiply. So God's calling us to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. He's calling us to, you know, to, to do so as well. So I think, you know, to, to be, you know, in that capacity. And I know you can go on and that's not where we're heading, heading within our messages, but it, it, it's, it's interesting to also read that he talks about that humans need to take care of, you know, like he says in there. And, 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 and so we're going to get a comment. Somebody's going to argue about it and, and later say something about that passage where he's talking about if a human, if a human takes a human, guess what happens to that human, you know? And, and I, I think you bring up a current um, issue and, and I get to be controversial. It's one of the things I love about my new denomination. I don't know about you, Corey. Uh, I have the freedom of the pulpit. Uh, and so uh, when we talk about being fruitful and multiplying and filling the earth, I mean, this is a command by God that tells us that sexuality is something that should be embraced by God, that, that we should embrace as human beings, that God, in fact, gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that from this verse, like it or not, uh, God created order where it was man and woman. Uh, that's the only two that could fill the earth and subdue it. That's the only two that could be fruitful and multiply. And I have plenty of family and plenty of friends who I love that are in same gender relationships. And um, I love them, but it doesn't mean that it, um, you know, takes the scripture as God's example of what we are to be as human beings. And, um, I love you guys, but it is what it is, as they say in my family. I've been telling everybody at church that it is what it is, and it ain't what it ain't. So uh, deal with the Bible. Be angry at God. Don't be angry at me. And maybe he can help sort you out. Um, yeah, keywords, not be angry at me. You know, we're, we're taking from the word, but anyways. And what was your second point there? We talked about filling the earth. I said and you got to talk about, you know, you know, if you take a human, takes another verse five down there. And, and I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If, you know, if a wild animal kills a person, it must, you know, die. And and then and anyone who murders a fellow must human must die. If anyone takes a human's life, the person's life will also be taken by the human hands. So it's very, you know, you know, you're going to get people that are going to talk, you know, left or right about this, you know, conversation. Like that's not where we're going with the whole God blesses. Well. You know, and, and, I mean, we could definitely talk about that just just briefly here. Um, now, I am pro pro life. Uh, I am for the unborn. I will not apologize for it. See, this is what's happened to me, Corey. When I left uh, my previous place, I've been able to become radicalized for Jesus. So uh, I will be outspoken about my support for the unborn. 
Um, and I, I really wonder this, you know, we do live in the new covenant. We live in the gospel, exactly. not the law. So we understand that this is part of the Old Testament, that this is part of the law, that Jesus came to fulfill it, not abolish it, though. Okay, so um, so let's talk about that. So I, I have a hard time with that when we kill millions of babies every year because we just feel like it. Uh, and I understand that there are certain instances where maybe the the life of the baby and the mother are both at risk and, and an abortion is the only thing necess- only thing that can happen. But those are really rare uh, if you really look at the stats. Uh, the majority is that people use it as a form of birth control. And I'm quite disgusted uh, that our country will now be funding not just abortions here in the United States, but across the globe. Uh, we have refunded Planned Parenthood. I'm probably going to lose half of my friends on Facebook for saying these things, but that's okay. Uh, and I believe it's time to hold them responsible uh, for the deaths of these young children. And in the same likeness as a conservative, I have to say, you know, where does that put my stance on the death penalty? Do I believe that in the new covenant that we should be taking the life of people that are, let's say, a murderer or a child molester? Uh, as a Southern boy, uh, we would just take them out back and shoot them. But is that really what uh, the gospel, the, the word of God says? And I'm pro-life all the way. Uh, so I, I think we have to really analyze if I'm going to be pro-life, what does it mean both for the unborn and for these people on death row? Um, and, you know, you do hear really bad stories of of people that were uh, given the death penalty that really didn't deserve it uh, or before laws were changed or petty crimes, things like that. So I don't know. Where do you stand on all that, Corey? And where, where does the West, where do you as a Wesleyan uh, Christian stand on that? Where do I stand on that? I mean, I, I think any, any, I don't even think it needs to be Wesleyan. I think in, in the terms of, of life, uh, the sanctity of life, the life of a person, um, it, it's it's a it's a very for in 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 personal wise are saying that you know okay you know the situations that take place of why we want to let go of a child or I you know or abort a baby or you name it. I mean, to me, you know, studies have shown that that there's a heartbeat at the beginning of conception, you know, there's, there's, there, there's movement. There's, so to me, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where I'm, it saddens me to hear, you know, people go through that. And, and I understand there's, there's people that will then say, but well, you know, it's gotta be between me or the baby, you know, concept, you gotta make that choice. Well, at that point, you know, you gotta know you're making the right, you know, you, you can't ever tell a mother or a father when they're going through a situation, they've got to make the right decision, you know, like, you know, there's certain there's so I think I think when it comes to that capacity, um, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I've never really put it to thought on on on, uh, you know, uh, those that are committed crimes that uh, um, should put them to death. Um, to me, I, I, I always think there's a better way we could do a lot of things societally wise, you know, and and, and, and I always ask myself, you know, the, 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 the bring back the WWJD, what would Jesus do? You know, really, what would Jesus do in a sense? You know, is he, you know, is he really saying, you know, again, in the Old Testament, you know, kill him, it's going to happen? You know, are we, or do we, or do we take it out of context? Are we, are we only looking at the nugget of it, not looking at the big picture? You know, the big picture might be somebody made a biggest mistake of their life, but, you know, it's, so now they're marked for the rest of their life. You know, I mean, you look at it in that way, they're, they're either marked or, or either in the, some of the states that, that, that it's, it's okay. You know, that the, you know, they, 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 you know, put them to, to death and to be truthful with you. 
I think I have a hard time when we say we're going to put anybody to death. I don't care if you're, you know, personally, I don't care if you're who you are because, because I think that, and this is an Americanized way. I think, I think in America, we've, we've put so much in the way we do things that there, there's no, there's no way that, you know, that, that person that committed that crime can get out of, out of jail and they can be reintroduced to society. I think if we do a better job of it and, and that this is the side of the, the, the world, you know, we could probably see a better change in people's life um, in the way that they, they do things. But again, that's just internally me. And I don't really, I don't get into these conversations as much because, you know, to me, we got to do what's right. You know, we got to strive to be like Jesus. So I don't look at these to me and say, how do, how do I view it? How do I look at it? You know, what would Jesus do? You know, in the midst of everything, would he, would, what would he tell you? What would he tell me? How, how do we, I mean, that in the end of it all and that, that, to me, you know, says, hey, you know, no, maybe it's not right. You know, maybe, maybe we really are, you know, I mean, there's, there's radical Christians out there, leaders. I mean, Shane Claiborne, I don't know, if you, have you heard of Shane Claiborne? If, I don't know if any, any who's watching or listening, you know, he's a radical Christian, you know, he's a radical, but he's been out there picketing these people because he believes that, that he believes in their life. You know, he believes that everybody, dele- everybody deserves a second chance. And sometimes we don't give the second chances or when we do, we're not there to help. So in turn, it turns into that, that it's, there's a lot more to it. It's not just, it's not just the life of babies and that there's, there's multiple things within it that, that come to play, but obviously that's not within this, you know, that, that, that scripture, what it says, or that's not really what it's saying to me, you know, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I, I've seen some incredible work um, in the area of prison ministry over the years. Uh, so um, I have been all over the map denominationally. And so that's one, one cool thing is, so I, I'll kind of share just two stories. Uh, one was the Southern Baptist uh, Seminary in New Orleans started uh, seminaries and prisons all across uh, the Southern United States, one of them in Angola. Angola is located near St. Francisville, Louisiana. Uh, it is death row in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I've heard stories from my professors of these incredible men that uh, murdered, that did some incredible crimes, that turned their life to Jesus and were ordained as Baptist pastors in the prison system uh, and are doing incredible work for Jesus. Uh, the second one is the Episcopal Church of North Florida. There's only two conservative Orthodox dioceses in the Episcopal Church left and uh, that I know of, and that is North Florida and Central Florida. And the mission of the North Florida diocese is to create churches throughout the prison system in North Florida and the panhandle. Uh, and likewise, they're doing some incredible work with people, again, that are murderers. Uh, and if we... For an instance, I mean, think about it. If uh, Paul would have been committed uh, committed a murder, uh, we wouldn't have the majority of the New Testament today. Well, and and, and I know uh, comment on here, you know, I mean, in that passage, and I get I get this, you know, because uh, we've been dealing with through all this pandemic is Romans thirteen, you know, one through seven, you know, let everyone be subjected to the governing authorities for you know establishment you know god consequently whoever rebels against the authorities are rebelling against who i i i solely agree you know you know it's ashley ashley uh 
Stardler. Stardler. I can't say Adler. That's my sister. You know, so anyway, Ashley's got, I mean, she makes comment, comment, you know, common, you know, sense there of saying that that's true. I'm just saying, I think that sometimes, you know, mine is, is more of the governing wise is we, we, we take too much. I mean, I don't want to be political here. That's not what I'm trying to say, you know, but we, we let a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of politicalness into that situation. I'm not saying that that is, you know, cause you know, is actually correct. And I know she put a prison miss Carol's prison ministries.org. Is that what you're talking about? Kairos. No, that, Kairos. That's, uh, Kairos, yeah. that's kind of an ecumenical group. Uh, a lot of Methodists are involved in it. Uh, United yeah. Methodist. Uh, and they do some incredible work as well in Angola. And, and, and I like what she said here. Babies have not sinned and criminals have willing to sin against God. Um, you know, that makes perfect sense on sin. And that's where, that's where to me, the beauty of it too. And I don't want to say not the beauty, that's the wrong way to say it. But anybody that takes a baby's life, no matter what that baby has not sinned, guess where that baby's at? You know, so. My, you know, my fear is that babies today that uh, people don't even think about uh, killing babies. I mean, that's just, it's just become a normal thing. And again, that's, that's where we live at in society. We live in what we call post-modernity where our morals are what we think are right and wrong and not what God thinks are right or wrong. So let's, uh, let's continue to walk through this passage. Interesting that you can see comments because I don't see anything on my feed. Um, Your church church is one that's, that's out there. So I'm going to have to, I will log into my, on my phone as well. So that's what I've been doing. So it's great to see that. I know that June's on again. She said good good afternoon. Uh, and thanks Ashley for that. Um, that those those comments, questions, and, and uh, um, that's what we're here for. We're not here to think that Rick, Ricky, and I are you know the end all be all, and you better listen no, to us. No, we're absolutely you not. Know, we're, just, we're just two two uh, two two pastors, two leaders, just walking alongside doing life together. And so again, thanks Ashley. I don't know I said your last name wrong. So uh, Ricky, will, uh, yell at me later. So, um, or you can tell Ricky, you know, yell at me for you. But anyway, uh, everybody says my last name wrong all the time too. So. So let's, um, are we on, where are we at? We're verse eight and we yeah, chase sure. a rabbit trail a little bit. Hey, but, but it, it's within our text that we're looking at, you know, so we're just chasing it with the rabbit. Absolutely. All right. Are we, do you know, are we on verse eight now? Where'd we stop? Verse eight. You're good. Okay, good. Uh, Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants and with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on earth. Yes, I am confirming my covenant uh, with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy the earth. And then God said, I'm going, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures of all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and all the earth. And when I send the clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And, oh, I don't want to fast forward too much until our next point. Because we're right now, we're in this. Um, our second point here is God makes a covenant with us. God makes a covenant with us. And this is an old term, which is simply, and maybe Corey can talk a little bit because I know he looked it up earlier. But it's a legal contract. Uh, when we make a covenant with somebody, we are in a legal contract. And in the life of the church, 
then it, it kind of goes into both realms where it's both a legal contract with people and it's also a spiritual contract that we're spiritually accountable with each other. Uh, and so here at our church, at uh, the beginning of the year, we had a worship service in which we signed a covenant verbally uh, with each other that we would hold each other up. And in our church, we also have uh, what we call a constitution and bylaws, uh, which is kind of the legal side. But if you noticed at uh, the beginning of our constitution as a congregation, it's all about what we believe spiritually. Uh, we believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, it has the We believe in the apostles, the Athanasians Creed, the Nicene Creed. Uh, we have a section on uh, the characteristics of leaders. And so that, that's the standards in which we hold our church council members to. Uh, there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, expectations of leaders is what it's titled. Uh, and so uh, that's what a covenant is. It's, it's this legal and spiritual uh, contract between two parties and in, in some cases the body of Christ in a particular congregation. Uh, what do you think, Corey? So yeah, again, a covenant, it's an agreement, you know, it's, it's, it's also an agreement. Yeah. Like you said, it's a, it's a agreed by lease to deed or a, a other legal contract document, you know, as a, as a Wesleyan church, you know, uh, we get a lot of our, ours from our articles of religion, you know, the faith and Trinity, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, you know, the sanct, uh, uh, sufficiency and the fullness of the story of the Holy scripture of salvation, you know, God's purpose of humanity, marriage and family, personal choices. That's, we've got articles of religion. We've also got, um, our beliefs and our core values as a denomination, you know, and then, and then as a church, you know, um, which is kind of right behind me over there that you can see behind my, 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 uh, left shoulder is our church's uh vision and mission statement you know what are we what are we here for you know what are we what are we to do you know it's to help people know know grow and go you know um and then we as a church too for our bylaws and such we've got what's called the, the book of discipline or, or you know the wesleyan discipline and 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 that spells out you know all of how we have to adhere to you know the governing authorities of the church and the body and and the leadership and and, you know, the heads of each all, I mean, so within the concept, I think we look at covenant, you know, and, and, and then as a church, uh, we also typically, you know, you know, once, once a year, uh, you, you know, you do a, they call it a membership renewal. And, and I know it could, you know, it could be controversial depending on who you talk to, how they say it and what it is. And, you know, we sign, sign, sign it saying, Hey, we want to be a member or covenant. You know, we, we, we agree to the, the terms of what, you know, the, the, the Wesleyan churches to what our local you know church is doing. But again, what we have too in our local church, we have what's called standing rules, uh, okay. we have policies and procedures. Our standing rules are, are such as, you know, when it comes to how the, how the, the, our board meetings, which, which are called LBAs, which is local board administration. Um, and then we've got vice chair and, you know, so like the, the leadership standpoint. So that's kind of the, the nutshell for us. So when, when we, when we come in as a leader, you know, you even kind of covet, you know, as a leader, there's a board, like we have like a job description in a sense as a board member, what your job description as a board member is to uphold to the Wesleyan church to, you know, to X, Y, Z, and to, you know, give, you know, be, be a tither, you know, give, you know, you know, pray, you know, be in prayer for the church, you know, discipleship. I mean, you name it. So there's a, cause as a biggest covenant for us as believers, I think too, when we covet, we, 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 we sign the dotted line saying in a nutshell, we are going to go reach people for Jesus. You know, Absolutely. when, when we look at the, the, the aspect of, of, 
you know, this, this contract, this contract to me says, once I've accepted Jesus, I got to go reach people for Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have to, I have to do the work that God's calling me to do and, and, and whatever. And that's why I'm saying that agreement, you know, portion of that is what I'm, I keen more that the covenant is an agreement that I'm going to do what God's calling me, commanding me to do. You know, I, I like in this text here, uh, and I think you actually pointed it out to me earlier is, uh, the phrase, every living creature repeated continuously throughout the text. Uh, that he not only covenants with uh, us human beings, but he covenants with the animals. He covenants with everything on the earth. Um, and it goes back to that saying, you know, if you will be my people, I will be your God. And that's a repeated theme throughout the entire Old Testament, uh, even here in the ninth chapter of Genesis. Uh, and he says that he will give us uh, a rainbow. Um in verse 13, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds and as a sign of my covenant with you and all the earth. So God, what he likes to do is this rainbow. Uh, it's a, And it's a seal of what God has done and is doing. He's not going to flood the earth again. Uh, there are some times that I wonder, you know, maybe we just need a little flood, but that's a little dark, right? So, um, but the, the point is, I, I wonder, you know, what's it going to take next for, for God to really cast judgment on this land that we live in? Um, but God places a sign and a seal. And I, I remember I worked at a Presbyterian church and uh, Reverend Harry Brown was his name. And I remember sitting out at uh, dinner with him at youth group and we, we were talking about baptism. And I said, what's the Presbyterian understanding of baptism? Because I was a Methodist at the time. He says, it's a sign and seal of what God is doing, what God promised to do and what God is doing through this child. And I really love that language uh, of this new covenant that God makes with us. And so, uh, again, we as Christians, we live in the new covenant with God. We don't have all of these requirements uh, that are listed in the Old Testament. It's pretty simple. Uh, we get off easy. Believe in Jesus with your whole heart. Uh you know, accept that you're a sinner in need of Christ. What do you think? And where, where you at there with the rainbow? Yeah. What do you think about this whole covenant well, with the rainbow, the seal of God's work in the world? Well, you got to think that the, the, the you know, I mean, a rainbow is colorful, is beautiful. You know, so, I mean, we see that in Genesis six and nine, you know, as we're here and, and, and we see that obviously again, five through 12 in this passage, you know, he, he, he brings her rain. You know, I think he did so in that context because of the evil that was going on. You know, so he said, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna take this evil away." So you know, I'm 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 getting rid of all this junk. You know, we'll call it. We'll get rid of the junk, and I'm gonna. It's a restart. You know, I'm gonna get rid of the junk. The flood's gonna take place, and then and then the sign of the the you know you know the resulting is you know, I mean, uh, I think you know God he he. He, he allowed, you know, allowed that resulting of the rainbow in the sky to, to be that, what you said earlier, you know, that the, the sense of and what, hope. And what I really uh, dislike personally is that this sign from God, Corey's going to say, man, you are just so political these days. This sign from God that he gives us in Genesis chapter 9 is now used for political gain in the world. Oh. It has nothing to do with that group, but with the taking what God has given us 
and then manipulating it for worldly use, it drives me absolutely crazy. And um, it's really sad these days that, you know, we could take something so precious that God gives us as a, a sign and covenant to his people to fill and subdue the earth and repopulate it and make it into a political live show, you know? Well, and I think I think the true meaning of the Bible, or the true meaning bringing back to the Bible, and what I'm saying, I think the remain rem, the rainbow reminds us of the gospel. You know, it truly reminds us of the gospel of 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 you know what's in front of us in that capacity of, of the gospel. That's where I'm at, you know, as well. I think yes, I think we've we've seen you know symbols being twisted and changed and, and rearranged and and then repurposed for because. It's feel good, you know, but but it's the gospel. The rainbow is the gospel. You know, the rainbow is truly, truly God, you know, at work in the midst of everything. I mean, you know, the rainbow, like I said, the rainbow, like you said, it's 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 that it's that feeling that that what what we're missing. We're missing the, the true meaning of it, you know. I mean, people are 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 saying what it is and what it isn't, but really what it is is it's a hope. It's it's a it's a sign. I mean, it's, it's hope that that as messed up people as we are, that God gave us that second chance. Uh, now we have to evaluate, I believe, how well are we doing with that second chance? Well, that's what I'm saying, because it's showing the unsaved and the saved and, 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 and the unsaved are going to live it this way and the saved are going to put it this way. When it's God saying, hey. I promise you there's a wrath going to, you know, there's a wrath or something, you know, I'm, I'm never going to destroy the earth again either. So trust me, I love, he's saying it to my opinion. I love all people. You know, I love all creatures. I love everything. And and I want to show you the, 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 the hope in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, the hope in the world, you know I mean? You know, there was judgment, you know, but, but what the judgment happened was, you know, so what do you think? I mean, obviously we believe that the God of yesterday is the God of today, that he's right. never changing. Right. But in this situation, God flooded the earth and basically did a restart, right? Um, and he made a, a, this covenant with his people. So where do we stand uh, in society today with our restart? Uh, are we being faithful to God? Are we not? Um, and what do we need to do about it? And, and to, to simply answer that question is yes, because we don't know difference. Yeah. You know, we don't know any difference. But, you know, we could get on a tangent in another rabbit trail and in a, in, a, in, a, in a mole hole and a hill hole and a mountain and you name it on it. Because we're talking about something that there's prosperity gospel, there's truth, there's, there's the cross. And there's, there's also, you know, I mean, we have to be true to our word. And we know if we were to preach prosperity, you and I both, uh, in many ways, that's what the world loves and, and grows. I mean, we see it in, in these big mega churches that preach prosperity. Uh, and it's really sad because they're not getting the full, full gospel. And it's not an attack on another pastor, another church. It's just a heart broke. My heart broke breaks. Um, for these people. So let's, let's go to our last point. And then what I'd like to do, um, because we have about 15 minutes or so until we've been here about an hour. Uh, I'd like to be able to just answer some questions people might have. I hope maybe we can get some. And if we don't, 
maybe we'll purposely chase some rabbit holes. So uh, the last verse here. Um, you want me to, you want me to kick yeah, off here? You, you go right ahead. So we're at 14 through uh, 17, if I'm correct, yep. right? So when I, when I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I'll remember my covenant with you, with all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all the life. When I see that the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, the rainbow is a sign of a covenant. And I am confirming with all the creatures on earth. So we're looking at right there. I mean, the, the end all of it here, I mean, and, 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 and I could wrap it up and say, this is what I think, you know, in, in a sense, that very last portion of verse 17 really speaks to the, the, the point of God is trustworthy. You know, yeah. he says, then God said to Noah, he's telling Noah, trust me, believe me here. Yes, the rainbow is a sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures on earth. Trust me. Hey, what I'm going to show you it's something that you have to understand that I'm going to bring a covenant. I'm, I'm making a covenant, a new covenant with you. I'm making a covenant and, and it's a covenant you need to keep with God. You know, keep this covenant with me that we're going to make through this. That's what I think in, a, in essence, you know, but again, there's a lot there within that covenant he's talking about in that passage, you know, in those few, you know, he'll never trusting, trust us that he talks about. He'll never bring a flood to destroy the earth again. Now, I could trace a rabbit trail on that and tell you there's a, there's only two things I read in the Bible that 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 that, that God talks about, and He's trusting us when we read it. Is the floodwaters and fire, literally flood and a literal fire, literal fire. Some will argue that and say, well, it's not true. I, I don't have my brain. I didn't re research it real quick before this meeting of connecting with you, but it's fire too. Absolutely. So yeah, we we have to trust God. God is trustworthy. That's what the last verse tells us. This. Is, I'm confirming with all creatures on the earth. Um, we have to trust God in all things of our life. Uh, and so on my sermon this past Sunday, uh, I spoke about Jesus being the Lord of our life. Uh, and when we speak about Lord, uh, Lord literally means every single thing. We're, we're pledging our allegiance to God. Uh, we're pledging our allegiance to Jesus. It's not about our country. It's not about our political party. Uh, it's not about a club or organization we belong in. And long after the United States of America is no longer here, God will still be there. Right. And that's, a, that's very controversial. I get it. Uh, I'm, I'm a patriot. Um, in my family, we have had, you know, grandfathers and great grandfathers all the way back up to the American revolution fight for this country. But our allegiance first goes to God. Um, and so, and why is that? Because God is trustworthy. Right. Uh, if we, if we served a God that wasn't, then there'd be no point. Uh, we, we wouldn't be able to take the text and say, you know, this is the word of God and all things in here are true. And this is what we have in liberalism and Christianity, where we have begun to take pieces of the Bible and said, you know, this really doesn't mean that. Uh, and change it and manipulate the words to be something totally different. What the Word of God says is what the Word of God says, period. It is trustworthy in all things. Well, I, I like to say it, and I say it all the time to my congregation here at, at uh, uh, Faith here in Midland, is uh, it's our B-I-B-L-E, our basic instruction before leaving earth. 
if we're not in, if we're not looking at our Bible as 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 that that guidebook in that way, in that way, I'm not saying it's a guidebook as in like you don't have to live into that, but it's 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 literally when I look at the Bible, it's literally guiding me step by step how to live my life. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not saying you know guidebook that I just gotta look at and say, oh that fits my niche. So I'm going to say that this way, you know, and it's like, we've been talking the last few weeks here is winning the day. It's uh, actually Mark Batterson's book. Uh, it's a, you know, how do you have, you know, seven spiritual habits, you know, spiritual habits and, 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 and to move forward. And a lot, what I'm talking about for us is, is even in this trusting, when I say trustworthy, we have to trust that, that the text is what it says. We have to trust that that that's what God is, is was saying, because we can get on that mode if we're saying, well, I trust God here, but, he never really elaborates in this way or that way. Well, you know, or they get, we get rat on rabbit holes with people about scripture or the gospels because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all write it in different ways. And, and it's, and, you know, you know, we argue and I mean, I, I would, I would even question you. I, I would question the world today and that less and less people are reading scripture. Right. Uh, right. They come to Sunday morning, they hear the preacher proclaim the word from the pulpit they might hear a verse, a couple verses within the sermon, or in our church, we uh, we read an Old Testament, uh, a Psalm, a New Testament, and and the Gospel every single uh, every single Sunday. Uh, how many people are actually hearing it? I don't know. I hope I hope ninety nine point nine nine percent are. Um, but the point here is is people don't even argue about what the Scripture says. What they just do is. Um, Whatever their view is, that's yeah. their view, regardless if it's scriptural or not. Which, which that's that's hard to see it. And 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 I I I think I've said it in on here. I've said it before into others. I used to take in, in this thing right here, which is the uh, a good old Wesley Study Bible, Common English. You know, that's right. when I when I use this, I use it. It's here on my desk in my office. But what I see happening a lot of times is. This gets tossed aside. This mm -hmm. isn't used. I don't know about you. I mean, you 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 got a lot more uh, biblical education than I do because you went through seminary or the cemetery, and uh, <laughs> then you you're, you're going to get your doctorate, and you're just talking to a, a, a gentleman that's just got his undergrad in youth ministry and Bible. But this right here, for four years of my schooling, became a textbook. Four yeah. years was a textbook. What I did in those four years was utilized a textbook my first year on youth ministry as a youth pastor i dreaded opening up my bible i won't I'll, i'm admitting it now I'm, I'm i'm admitting it now you know i mean i admit it before and i've said it to you but i didn't utilize this the right way because for years it's okay i'm taking a gospels and acts course i'm taking an apologetics course or a course on the pentateuch or uh homiletics or expository you know preaching um you know uh you know whatever you know you know, a class on Romans, John, you name it. And that's all I did. That's why I got to get you in seminary because then you get to do fun classes. Oh, is that what <laughs> seminary does to you? More application of oh, man. things, you know, like, but again, yeah. So what I've, learned, I've learned to utilize this now, no longer as a textbook, but as my life, like I say, my basic instructions and I love it, man. I, I love it. And, and, and here's the thing when we're trusting, I think the problem we, we're facing when we're not trusting, we're not trustworthy in what God has in store for us. We're all going to keep walking down a path that is, is, is I, I, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. 
But are you truly saying, is it lip talking? Because this world is, does so good at allowing us to lip, lip talk that when we get together, I can't even carry in conversation about the Bible. I mean, I love that about you and I. We, we can disagree to agree to our blueness, but because of this, that's where we're founded, founded in, and foundation is right here. So we can't miss this foundation, the trustworthy foundation in this book. And we have to, as the church, the Christian church, be the example. Right. So I, let me, uh, this is my soapbox. Um, and I've, I've said it on Sunday, so I won't get that in that much trouble for it. So my home pastor used to say to us all the time, and I know I told you on the phone this week as well, if you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got, right? It's kind of the uh, country version of uh, the definition of insanity. Right. right. The same thing over and over again, expecting different, different results. And so I believe in the church, we hear this common phrase. Well, we've never, we've never done it that way before. Right. So when we say that, are we trusting God? Right. Are we, are right. we trusting him? Are we leaning on our own understanding? Now I can tell you, I'm not perfect. I, I will not claim that I speak for God. I, I will claim that I have a connection with the Lord, that I have a unique connection with God as a pastor to oversee his flock. Uh, however, we all need to lean on the Lord. And sometimes it's some crazy stuff that the Lord will tell us to do. Well, <laughs> what you've told others, Ricky, and, 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 and is, is, is I think God took risks. Yeah. I think Jesus took risks. And I think he's asking us to take risks, but we're too, we're too, even you and I as pastors, we, we can, we're too complacent in our box. So our box is right here. And, and I don't want to get outside my box because if I do, I'm going to fall. It's just like the analogy of a child. You got a little girl and you got a boy, you know, it's five and you got a little one-year-old, your daughter, man, you know, when she goes to fall, you know, us, you know, internally we want to go catch her, you know, I do. but, but <laughs> there's, there's certain time. times. I mean, we do catch them. I mean, yeah, but the, the there's a risk that they got to learn that when they get up and walk, they might fall. You know, so like I think God's telling us too. Sometimes we've got to take risks to trust Him. Take risks to be trustworthy. When you make a risk and you take a risk, you might fall down. And you know what? That risk you took might not have been the right risk. And you got to turn around and say, "Okay, I got to." Okay, God was telling me to do it that way. So what was second was actually the right way to go about it. But we're too worried about being so comfortable, complacent in what we're doing that we're not reaching. So we're not falling. We're not taking that risk. So in turn, we're not realizing, oh, maybe it was the other way I should have went until we, we, we go the right way and then go the wrong way or go the wrong way the right way. So let me ask you a very practical question. You've been at Faith, um, Faith Wesleyan Church for about three years or three and a half years now. In your three and a half years at the church, what are some ways that you guys have – I've been faithful uh, and trusted that God was going to, God was leading you uh, at your church and maybe something that you thought was, was strange at first, maybe. Well, I can recall the the interview sitting in my office here. They had, they had a, they had a death, two you know tables for the, 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 the church members. So some of those that are watching or listening, they, they know the story. I've said it here, but I could look out. There's a window to my, my left of me right now. I looked out that window. I said, God's got something to store out there. And I just don't know what it looks like. I believe God's going to do something out there for this church. And this is before I took the job, but I'm talking about we's, you know, you know, I've, I've learned that in job interviews. We, you start talking, you said, you know, we got to do this. We got to do that. Cause you know, you want to, you know, 
sell yourself too. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want to say it that way, but you do. Um, but I said, there's something out there. So I got here and we, we melded, you know, you went through some, I went through some, you know, some, some, some tough seasons. You know, we all go through those tough seasons in ministries when you do something, because no matter what, here's the thing we got to remind ourselves. And I think I've told you this before, we can't change too much stuff because we're going to get, we're going to get that, 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 that dagger at us. And, and so what, what I did here is I took, and, and I said, okay, I'm going to build the relationships first and see how the relationships build. Then I'm going to add some more things. We added a trunk, uh, 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 Easter egg hunt out and out here. We had 4,000 Easter eggs. We had over 600 people come to the doors of our church. Our church right now is, is, you know, post COVID we averaged between 20 and 30 in a Sunday morning in-person worship right now, but online we're seeing anywhere between 15 and 25 that are watching online. But so, you know, as a small church, they're like, but how are we going to do this on our budget? I said, we have to have faith that God's going to provide and God's going to show us the right ways. Faithfully, you know, sometimes we have to trust him. You know, there's other areas within my church, you know, being here, like I said, um, you know, but it's a learning process. And and for me, I've not come in gung ho as much as a young pastors in some areas that have also gone gung ho on changing the structure of the entire church and the philosophy and your ministry. It's taken me two and a half years to really start to, and then th- by this year, I can implement some things that we as a church, because what I've learned is it's not me coming and saying it's my way. It's we come in and figure out how to do it our way. So. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what we're trying to do at our church because I'm still the newbie in town. Um, we're, we typically call this the honeymoon phase of pastoring. Uh, Corey, I lost you. Um, is we're, what, what is God's direction for first? Uh, what is God's direction for our family? Uh, and where is the Lord leading us? And so I, I, I leave with this. Uh, God is trustworthy. Uh, God will lead all of us in our churches, both our church here at first, Corey's church at faith, uh, into the direction that the Lord is calling us to go. Uh, so remember, the Lord is calling us to a global covenant, uh, that he has called us in the covenant, all creatures on the earth. Um, we have been given a global guaranteed uh, by the Lord that if we will be his people, he will be our God. So guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to this episode of In the Word with a Lutheran and a Wesleyan. I hope you tune in next week. There's Corey. Um, and yeah, Corey, uh, I was just kind of closing us out, uh, thanking them for joining us. Do you have any closing remarks? No, just like I said, it, you know, we, we, we're just two, two, two young guys with uh, crazy beards and, you know, we're families. No, we, we have great families. Um, but we're really just trying to, you know, come and, and, and build relationships with you, you know, with each other. But also within building those relationships, we're hoping that, you know, others will come on and connect with us. And main thing is we want to tell people we love Jesus. You know, at the end of the day, no matter where we are, we want to, we want to set aside the politicalness and not be political. Like, like Ricky and I are talking about, even at church, we try not to get on the pulpit and talk about, you know, what we've been dealing with, like this pandemic or COVID-19. We want to. We know it's there and it's, it's what it is. So we, we, we're, we're trying to push past that to say, hey, let's move forward. Let's not try to bring that up in the congregations as we're talking as much as we can. I guess in prayer time, if somebody says, hey, we're asking for prayers, we, we're okay with that. But the thing is, is we just we want to come with an unmet expectation to reach people for Jesus in the context of where we're at. So I say this. Yes, we understand that politically both our denominations, our, 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 our group of, of churches – we are more uh, 
you know, we're, we are more, uh, what's the word? I Orthodox say? and conservative. Conservative. There we go. Um, more conservative in what we do, but doesn't mean, and that's the thing we, we want you guys to know, doesn't mean God doesn't call us to love you, love that person. So if you're looking for churches in the community that, you know, of Midland, Michigan or Dundalk, I really, I really would say, you know, to me, to put a plug into it is reach out to, to uh, Richard and, and, and Ricky and go to uh, First Lutheran Gray Manor there in Dundalk. You know, if you're in that Maryland area and you're seeking and looking for a church to, family to call home, you know, please do. Uh, and then if you're in the Midland area, you know, we'd love for you to be a part of Midland Faith. I mean, you know, again, I know Ricky, he's got a church services is at 815, right? 8.15 and 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, and, and mine's at, uh, here at Faith is at 10.30 a.m. And I'm telling you, we don't just want you to watch online. We really we really would love to see you in person, you know, at our churches. And, yes, both our churches, in, in tune of what's going on, there is there is still protocol for keeping the sanctuary safe, keeping the people safe, and also. So it's not like you're going to come into either our congregations and you aren't going to be cared for. Uh, but again, we, we just want to come to you on, on a, on a Monday. And this is a way for Ricky and I to, to sharpen the irons and to talk. And, and, uh, right now, yes, we're doing this Bible by, you know, through the scripture of what we're looking at for sermons wise, it may look different. You know, next week we might be talking about a current event that, uh, we feel is very, you know, adamant to talk about, you know, but I feel good, man. It's Monday and I have my sermon title and my three points that I'm going to be going for on Sunday. Yes. Uh, God be the glory. I mean, that's, that's great. Well, hey, you know, only way, you know, I, I think if we can start the week out knowing what you're going to go to, it don't matter if it means the end of the week, we, you know, and here's the thing, it don't mean by Wednesday, you're like, oh, that wasn't right. And I want to switch it. You know, we got to allow the, cause the biggest thing I think, you know, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, allow the yep. Holy Spirit to, to intervene. Um, uh, also just to, you know, plug into, we are starting a Wednesday Bible study this Wednesday, you know, we're going to be kicking off and we're going to talk about, you know, a little bit about Ash Wednesday, what Ash Wednesday is. Because, again, our Wesleyan tradition, we're not completely liturgical. We don't always talk about Lent and Ash Wednesday and such, but it's something we're going to bring forth. And then uh, we'll then take a week off and then Mar uh, beginning of March uh, at 1130 a.m. and at 630 we'll be uh, doing the Bible study, you know, in person. And I'll be doing it via uh, um zoom but but i we have a page that's a private church page just so that we're not getting it over thrown with people and if there's people that don't feel like they want to be out to the whole world on facebook they're at that private page right now um so again you know that's uh uh both at 6 uh, 11 30 in the morning on wednesdays and it's uh 6 30 p.m on wednesdays and again that the, the first wednesday in march will be the the, the exact kickoff but this wednesday we're we're kicking off lent are you any or how's your services what do you got going on now with we lent? are having a seven o'clock ash wednesday service this coming wednesday and every wednesday in lent um we will have a seven o'clock worship service as well uh so through april uh it's a good opportunity and perhaps we might just keep it after lent we'll see uh but well we'll put the countdown clock on here for 30 seconds um and I know Corey and myself probably have, we have some more meetings and stuff for the rest of the day. So uh, may God bless all of you and may he keep you in his grace. Amen.